You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. This is the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk on every team in the NHL. This is the Broadway Boys Podcast through the Hockey Podcast Network, and we are back with Season 3, Episode 23. We have a special guest, uh, a, a returning guest. The Gibby is with us today, but I need to start the podcast with with Andy and ask him, how are you doing? I'm doing good. Uh, it's been a quiet couple days following the holidays here. It's been fun watching some, well, World Junior action that hasn't been uh, canceled or postponed or whatever, or forfeited, I guess I'll say. Um, so yeah, just quiet, uh, looking forward to, as we record this, the New York Rangers are finally supposed to be back in action, knock on wood tonight uh, as they have a little mini Florida swing going uh, against the Panthers and the Lightning, respectively. Uh, so, yeah, I'm excited to finally see the Rangers, albeit with a... Uh, it'll be interesting to see what lineup they have in. Uh, they have some players, like every team, that have entered COVID protocol. Um, so we'll see. And they were able to... The NHL has implemented a taxi squad, finally, for salary cap uh, relief and reasons. So. Um, it'll be interesting to see what players draw to the lineup over the next couple of games. Um, so yeah, I'm just happy Rangers hockey is back. Yeah. And, and Rangers hockey is back tonight, which is very exciting. I was looking over like the last time they played, it was 11 days. It kind of felt like last season. So this is like pretty much act two, uh, for the season for the New York Rangers. And I feel like Gibby, you're probably in a similar boat with the New Jersey devils. I mean, they got, they kind of have to write the ship here. Otherwise, uh, uh, do you see some you are changes out of coming? your mind if you think I'm excited to watch the New Jersey Devils? <laughs> There's well, nothing I'm dreading more than the hockey season starting again. This has been great. I've been the happiest I've been in the last two months has been in the last ten days or so when I haven't had to watch this putrid, putrid hockey team. Well, all right. So let's. All right, we'll get into the Devils right away because I, I love your passion here right off the bat. Uh, the New Jersey Devils are obviously struggling. Something that I feel like uh, could have been predicted given the coaching changes that they made recently. Um, so how, how do you feel about the coaching staff? Because that's pretty much uh, where all the heat is getting thrown at right now. The power play was bad last year. The power play's bad this year. It's it's it's. It's embarrassing. It they give up more goals than they score on that power play. Like I know, like I'm, I'm, I'm really not even close to exaggerating with that. It's horrible, and they keep this recce guy. I don't know why. Well, well uh, I, they keep him. I don't know why they keep these guys. Ruff doesn't play Hughes. I, he doesn't play him. Listen, I, I I get it. I get the struggles, and do, I mean, but like, do you think there's going to be an overhaul completely from you know just from the entire coaching staff? You know, I was thinking about it, and I was like, yeah, there has to be. But then somebody was bringing up the whole Seventy Sixers rebuild and how long and miserable and follow the process, and this is those same people who own well, the team. That- Andy, can you interject here? Because you, I think, feel like follow the NBA more closely than Gibby and I. How long has the 76ers been rebuilding? Because I feel like oh. they're irrelevant to win a, a championship. Yeah, it's been a while. I mean, obviously now, and they, they've, it's been riddled with 
problems. I mean, if anyone's the whole situation with Ben Simmons and the team and is kind of a mess. And I mean, they have had some pseudo competitive seasons. I just don't think they've ever been like, okay, they can actually do it. And now it's like you have the blowback of like, well, did you know, do how do we have the wrong horses in the barn? You know what I'm saying? In terms of like the superstars that they do have, or, you know, is Embiid good enough to do it by himself? Uh, you know, Ben Simmons, obviously it's, I don't think ownership cares is what I'm getting at. I don't think they give a shit. You know, I, it's weird because you look at it's obviously it's important for teams to admit to themselves when they have to rebuild. But I think then teams mistakenly do the scorched earth thing. And listen, I will be the first to admit the Rangers have clearly had an advantage rebuilding because when you're in a market like New York, you will a get players like uh, either Adam Fox, childhood player or area player or Artemi Panera free agents that want to come play there. So that obviously plays into it. But at the same time, it's like, you know, the Rangers were smart to not totally strip it down. They obviously traded their their core players first. They traded Ryan McDonough. They traded Rick Nash. They traded Derek Stepan and Derek Brassard and Matt Zuccarello along the way. But, you know, they they kept at least they didn't do it all at once. They didn't scorch earth it because the teams that do tear it literally all down like Arizona does. It's going to take them so long because to be even competitive, it's not even just about having superstars. Everyone, I think everyone mistakenly thinks you can, once you have the superstars, you can just plug in competent bums everywhere. <laughs> and I don't know, because there are plenty of teams that have superstars that just aren't competitive. I mean, I mean, you look at Philly right now, it's like, they're, yeah, they're just kind of in shambles. I mean, you can argue they're superstars, quote unquote. Claude Giroux isn't the player he once was, although he's still, he's a very good, he's probably arguably only one of their only good players this season. I don't know what's going on with Sean Couturier, but yeah, I just think it's a lot harder than you think. And and once you go scorched earth, I think the and I you know correct me if I'm wrong, Gibby, but a lot of the frustration I think, for the, especially this season from Devils fans, is that they purposely went out and signed guys like Dougie and uh, Tatar to try to be at least a, to to have some competitiveness in that rot lineup to help show the young kids, so the young kids wouldn't have to take. You know, but it's it's tough. I mean, look at Ottawa. It's really they're slowly coming along, which is good, but it's taken a long time. It's hard to to have your team, your, your most promising players to be sub 25 years old and then just have, you know, maybe you plug in a a little bit of an over the hill vet here or there. You know what I mean? Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I It's it's uh, clearly it's one of those things where uh, if their power play was halfway decent, I think the season would be different. I really probably I really they probably that. I really believe that. Yeah. Sorry, James. Go ahead. No, a couple things I want to say. Number one, I feel like looking at the New Jersey Devils right now, 30 games played, you have 25 points, you're you're 10 and 15. I understand where you're you're coming from because I feel like a lot of those games were probably one to two goal games where you feel like if you scored a couple power play goals, you're on the winning side of that game instead of the losing side. But, you know, also the Devils had no consistent goaltending this year. Mackenzie Black. They're on their sixth goalie. Yeah. I mean, he was, <laughs> I mean, he was injured. Yeah. Bernier, uh, uh, he left, right? Um, he, his hip is done. I don't think. Yeah. He, he's done probably for his career. He's done for the year, probably. And then, and then Jack Hughes has only played 13 games for you guys and has actually done, you know, fairly well scoring five goals and three assists. No, but he came it's, back and like, they like kind of stayed afloat while he was out. And then it's almost like once he came back, I, I don't even like saying it, but like it's like once they came back, like things went to shit. And I don't really well, know why. Well, I don't know. Maybe guys feel like they need to step up. And then now that he's back, they, they feel like know. a little bit more relaxed. I don't, I don't know. But so I guess what you're saying is Jack Hughes is a cancer in the locker yeah, room a, and probably needs to be traded. He's got a drug problem. He's, he's sleeping with everybody's girlfriends. Oh, Jesus. Yep. Well, I mean, Ship listen, them off. you're not the only team that has a problem with their first overall pick. So, um, what's I saw? What's Lafreniere doing these days? We don't know. Um, <laughs> Hopefully, he shows up. He's forechecking real well. <laughs> yeah. That's all about it. He made um, one one defensive play. That's I mean, 
you know, listen, this is, this is a Rangers podcast, but at the same time, just to to talk about the Devils a little bit more. I mean, I've I have watched some of their games down the stretch, and do you think Hughes is a hundred percent? Do you think he's a little tentative? I think he's, he's getting hurt still, and they're just not giving him minutes. It's very like, like you look at like the minute sheets after the game, like he's not even like top five in minutes for forwards. It's crazy. Is that more like sending a message he needs to be better, or is that maybe protection? Because I don't he know, but it doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm looking up your roster right now. Your team's not that good. Like, also, the expectations, I think, for the Devils and Devils fans, like, your team kind of stinks. Well, like, you, you're, you're really full. You have Jimmy Vesey on your, t- your hockey team. Jimmy Vesey's been pretty good. <laughs> That's the problem. Yeah, but you know what it is? We had guys like Sharon Govich, who had a great year last year, rookie year, fell off a cl- like he's just Ty crazy. Smith. I think also fell Yanni, off. Yanni Yanni and Ty Smith. These guys, they just fell off. They're done. Like they don't belong in the NHL. Yeah, it, it's tough, man. Like you said, like I, you know, Tatar hasn't done anything. I'm happy yeah, with but, Hamilton. He's been fine. Uh, he, oh, but no, like, Dougie's still amazing. But yeah, I mean, Dougie's yeah, obviously an all star in this league. But you you look at the rest of the team. Like, what did you want Tatar to come in and do? I don't know much about the guy. I was thinking 25 goals. I don't know. I just think you're asking a lot from a lot of these guys that are just kind of middle of the pack. We had expectations for guys who had really strong rookie rookie years with us to improve step up and they did the opposite of that well it's called a sophomore slump i guess for a reason there's no i never think yanni kokanen was gonna save the new jersey devils i don't know (laughs) (laughs) i don't know yeah i mean listen i i think in still a big picture is that there are so many promising young players like holtz and uh obviously mercer is way ahead of schedule he slowed down too he was great in the beginning of the season, and well, a lot of I think feel like a lot of young players come in with that burst of adrenaline. You know what I mean? I Where agree. they're like, "I'm in the show," and especially if you're if you're young and you can already your skating is already NHL above average. And he's you know he's lucky enough in that his size and his skating is is exceptional even for the NHL right now. Yeah. So he came in like a house on fire, but then you kind of slow down to the grind and then it, you kind of level off and it happens. And it's weird. I, you know, I've, the Rangers have seen this with a lot of kids come in really hot out of the pan and then they just kind of fizzle for a while, but then they rebuild their game back up. So. All right. Well, let's talk about a real hockey team. What's happening <laughs> on Broadway? So like I mentioned, uh, the Rangers are, uh, they are in Florida. They have back, not back to back, but in you know, in, in the span of four days, they're going to have uh, you know a game against the Panthers. Then they go take on the Tampa Bay Lightning, and then they fly back home to play the Lightning. They have a home and home with the Lightning. Okay. Um, so they're in a little Florida, Florida uh, swing here. Uh, obviously tough for them. Although I believe the Panthers have a whole litany of uh, players out due to the pro- protocol. Import more important players. Whereas the Rangers, well, Barkov think, got injured again, and Barkov got re injured. Obviously, the Panthers have guys out for COVID. Like, yeah, a lot. Okay, like important, like important, more important things. The Rangers are in the the grand scheme right now, as of right today, the, they're missing uh, from their your favorite uh, Kevin Rooney just entered protocol, so their fourth line center is out. Uh, Ryan Lindegren, who's out of Fox's <laughs> D partner, is out, and uh, who else is it? Is it Nemeth came out? I think Tenorti actually went on, and Nemeth came off. So. I think they're really only missing Lindgren in the grand scheme of things. They're only really missing Lindgren and uh, Kevin Rooney. So the Rangers are are in pretty okay shape as as that goes, you know. So they'll, in, they'll either if, plug Libra Hayek in somewhere. If the Rangers were a normal team, this would be good. But this is a setup for a disaster. You know how many first year players are probably going to be playing for the Florida Panthers? I don't know the Panthers lineup right now, but the more people that are out for the Panthers the greater chance the Panthers have at winning this game. Because, yes, it is. Because How many first goals are scored against the Rangers? They're going to light the lamp. They're going to score eight goals. Every team says that about themselves. And nah. Everybody knows every the answers. Everybody scores their first goal on Marty Brodeau. Everybody knows that. <laughs> well, you know, I think the funny thing is what why yeah. I'm nervous is uh, it's one thing if a team is undergunned on the road, they usually disappoint. But at home, you can usually 
rally around it and put in like a balls out effort knowing that like we're so undermanned. It's almost like you had mentioned with the Devils with Hughes out, we're really doing a good job of, of you know, pushing and treading water. And then once they had that comforts back, they kind of slip. And that happens a lot, actually, because, you know, uh, like I said, I think players really, especially the way Pittsburgh was playing uh, and then until Cross was at lights out, then Crosby gets back and they have a mini slump. But now they're kind of back on track. Uh, yeah, it's just it's very funny how psychologically that works out. But uh, yeah, no, this uh, this is going to be a tough trip, even no matter what state. It, uh, Tampa will be a tough out no matter what they've, they, you know, they after having a slow start, you know, you say a little I don't even want to call it a cup hangover because they were just OK. They're kind of back to they got Braden Point back and he scored two goals. <laughs> that goal last night was ridiculous. He is a ridiculous player. And, oh, you know, Tam- shit. It was unbelievable. Yeah, I mean, in in fairness, though, uh, Montreal has been horrible this season. Although, listen, they they I think that they're putting the effort in. It's just they don't have the horses. They lost so much in the off season that they just can't. And you know, so it'll be interesting to see what happens with them, what players they trade off at the the trade deadline. But obviously, it's a tough uh, a tough uh, stint here for the Rangers. So, James, I do want to ask you, what are your what are your thoughts on the Rangers' upcoming uh, Florida centric swing, and uh, what do you want to see out of these next few games here? Yeah, well, it, it, it's tough because you look at the Rangers' schedule. They're obviously playing some of the tougher teams. I know they have players out because of COVID. Barkov's out because of injury, and it's just a, a kind of a mess down there. But I feel like that's where teams thrive against the New York Rangers, so that worries me. I feel a lot more confident going in as a banged up team facing a healthy Panther team than I would with with the Panthers banged up. I know that's crazy, but. I am crazy. The Rangers are a crazy team, and this is a, certainly a recipe for disappointment if I expect them to win. I expect them to struggle, but I don't know. I mean, I look at the scores last night, and I, I kind of want to. It kind of concerns me that the games were 5 4 Tampa over Montreal, 6 3 Vegas over the Lightning, and 8 7 with the Sharks over Arizona. If teams are getting out to sluggish, slow starts and not really wanting to play defense, the Rangers are in trouble. The Rangers got to take pride in that D zone and and then, you know, obviously win the special teams game, score a couple power play goals, and hopefully you're on the winning end. If the Rangers don't focus on on the D zone and they kind of collapse and just, you know, stand around and, and just play lazy, uh, this could be a bloodbath. And, and I'm not even kidding. Like, the, the, you're looking at six goals easy for the Florida Panthers. Um, so that concerns me, but you know, if we can just concentrate on just playing shutdown defense, give them nothing, all shots to the outside, make it, make it easy for our goaltending, whoever plays, I believe Igor is probably going to take the reins. Yep. So, you know, just make it easy for Igor and keep them to the outside and, and not take stupid penalties. I feel like over the last few weeks, you know, in the month of December, really the Rangers have been taking untimely penalties, too many penalties. and. We kind of, you know, expect our, you know, PK to bail us out constantly. And against these better teams, it's going to, you know, bite us in the ass. So I'm kind of hoping that the Rangers play a smart game. And if they play, you know, well in the defensive zone and keep, you know, the Florida Panthers chances limited, there's no reason we don't win this game. But again, it's easier said than done against a a team that's probably going to have a lot of rookies and a lot of guys trying to make a name for themselves playing a, a chippy, you know, high octane game uh, where they're flying all over the ice. And I just hope the Rangers are ready after having such a long break. Yeah, uh, well said. Gibby will uh, now that hockey is back. And what, when, when did the Devils play their first game back? Tonight in Buffalo. Okay. In Buffalo. Oh, man. Oh, okay. okay. <laughs> uh, that's, that's, I mean, if, it's winnable. Uh, it's winnable. It, I mean, uh, yes, but win- winnable equals heartbreaking if it doesn't happen. You know what I mean? It's one thing if, if they, they come back and they, they get waxed by the, the avalanche, right? You're like, well, that was the avalanche. But. You know what it is, Andy? Yes. I'm probably not even going to watch the game because I, I, I just have better things to do than like watch this, these bums just aggravate me. Like It's the holidays. I can be see- I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go see my friends. I'm going to drink beers tonight. If the game's on at the bar, great. I'll, I'll watch it. But, like, I am not going out of my way to give these guys my eyeballs. Not this week. So I'm taking the Devils' uh, puck line tonight. They're easily going to win. 
I'll take a minus goal and a half. No, you're doing that. You said that. No, you're not. You're not doing that. And that's not a good faith bet, though. Well, it's just because your reaction, I feel like, is an overreaction, and no, I feel like not, a lot of Devil James. fans. No, it's not. You're you're taking that bet as well. If they win, at least I get some money. And I'm such a bad gambler; they'll probably lose. And now the Devils lose, and that's why you're taking that bet. You're you're you're, you're it's a bad faith bet that it's immoral. Well, you bet against your emotions. There's nothing immoral about it. There is. It's it's a, it's a below. It's a, you know it's against the code. <laughs> that's, right. that's what you uh, just say. That's what you're doing. Well, let, all right. Let's let, let all right. Let's take a step back here, Gibby. All right. Big picture here. Thirty game. You're thirty games into the season. You're you're realistically, if you want a shot at the playoffs, you're going to be you know fighting for a wild card spot. Um, which I feel like the last wild card spot could be up for grabs because you have Detroit playing thirty one games with only thirty three points. I mean, Boston's a team obviously you got to worry about, but you know they're one injury away from this season just be a total disaster. Columbus is ahead of you. Philly's ahead of you. That's a yawn. And, you know, the teams below you, there's nothing to write home about. They stink. So, you know, as a Devil fan, I feel like if you guys got a new coach and you address this problem right now, they get healthy. They're not going to do it. They can compete for the wild card. It's not that crazy. You win tonight and you're only five point or six points out of uh, the wild card spot. Yeah, but they're not going to win tonight. And oh, they yeah. win one, lose three. It happens. It's been happening. It's all they do. Let them win. Fine. They can win tonight, but then they're going to lose the next three, maybe four. Lindy all Ruck right. isn't going anywhere. This is what we're looking at for the rest of the season. If they, if they were going to fire him, they would have done it already. Well, here's, here's a question, Gib. Is, do you think he's been the problem? Yes. You think it's... But if, if the power play is... Well, I, not the coaching staff in general. That's what I think. I I kind of agree with Gibby that they're probably not going to get rid of him, but not for the reasons Gibby thinks. Like he, I don't think that their you know ownership is looking at this coaching staff and being like, "Listen, it's part of the process. They got to grow this team." I, I think they're looking at it as, "Listen, we have an NHL veteran coach that can probably c- control the locker room. COVID is running rampant. We don't really know what our schedule is going is going to look like week to week." Let's have at least some stability within the organization and keeping Lindy Ruff yeah, and not doing a change in the middle of. of probably, of, uh, maybe you're right about that. That's fine. Well, I felt that way with Quinn. That that that's a, a huge reason why they kind of kept them around is because going through a change and then bringing in new coaching staff with the COVID protocol. It's just like you're just there's not a good time to do it. So let's just let's just wait till the end of the season since there's really no expectations. Uh, you know, for this team anyway. That's kind of how I feel with the Devils, and that's why they keep their coaching staff. Andy, do you think there's any merit to that? No, I, I absolutely do. And again, it's it's kind of fresh because this will be a... Well, A, I guess the good thing that works out for the Devils is that uh, this year's draft and next year's draft, especially next year's draft, are gonna should be there should be some pretty good talent. I'm I mean, there's always so good talent at draft. Tired of getting excited. Well, that's but that's what I. That's I want to not give a single shit about the draft. I don't even want to know when the draft is. And, yeah, and no, I here. Here we are again. Well, I will say, yeah, I hear that, and I, I will say this is that you know, following the hardships the Devils have faced, it does seem that a, there's a vocal portion of the Devils, at least on social media. Obviously, the 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 malcontents are always the loudest, who think that. Uh, that you know, having Hughes and Heisher as your two guys to build around is uh, not, you know, is not working out. Although I'm going to say it's way too early to make that assessment. Um, well, have they I, even played together? The fans are a lot angrier this year. I'll tell you that. Well, because there was more expectations yeah, this year. They're very. And I, it's like they're, they're finally seeing that they've been fed a whole lot of Kool Aid for the last decade. Yeah, but someone said someone posted a tweet and it was like Blackwood, Hughes, and Nico have played like a total of thirteen games together. Probably or something yeah, like that. Because yeah, like, they're that. Ne- none of them are ever healthy. Yeah. Well, that, and that that might be a problem too. Moving forward is having because there's a lot of great players in this league, but you know if you're injury prone, you can, like I, 
you know, I understand that when Kale McCarr is on the ice, he's probably one of the best players in the league. He might be the best defenseman on the league in the league when he is healthy. But this guy is hurt all the time. <laughs> you know what I mean? And you need to have players in and out or at least although luckily, you know, Colorado is so stacked that doesn't really matter. But I'm just in just just more to prove a point. Uh, and I will say this, though, I you know, you talk about the play, you know, New Jersey Devils fans being angry. I think one of the w- unique things about the Rangers rebuild is I feel like it the worked. ownership law, the ownership, almost their patience wore out before the fan bases did, James, because obviously you remember a lot of Rangers uh Obviously, you know, fans had the fan base had problems maybe with David Quinn and they were starting to see that moment. Maybe he's not the guy. But when they were pretty much shocked when Gordon was, you know, fired and um, J.D. was let go, because I think the Rangers fans were because the Rangers were just such they were so used to retreads. They were actually kind of enjoying this whole like we're stripping it down and getting acquiring assets, period. Right. Because I, I, I usually was, it's the other way. Usually it's the other way around, where it's the fan base is so tired of they want to be competitive now, now, now. But I think, especially with the Rangers with the Hank, it left such a bitter taste in their mouth. They were almost they were content to kind of live in this fantasy land where it's like we're not competitive yet, but we have like all these lottery tickets. You know that could be something. So yeah, and but now I look at the team right now, and I'm like, we still have like ways to go. Like I I I truly felt. Um, you know, if you look at the if you look at the New York Rangers roster, like before the season started, I, I think you were like, "Wow, this team could absolutely compete for a playoff spot." You're, you, you know, it's exciting, and we've come such a long way just to get to this point with like turnover and changing and drafting, and you know, we got to this spot. It there's a little part of me that is like, we are only like halfway there. Like I still think there's some big changes to come with the New York Rangers. I, I and I don't know if there are going to be, you know, Hail Mary shots, like bringing in a, you know, uh, uh, oh my God, no, I can't, I can't, uh, good, uh, Giroux or, you know, uh, or Patrick Kane. Like, I, you know, you see those names getting thrown around and we've spoken about it, but, you know, I, I do think a move like that is going to be coming because, I don't know, I feel like right now the New York Rangers are getting a little stale. And and that worries me a little bit, and I don't want them to do that. I don't want them to make an emotional, an emotional change to the lineup right now because we feel like we're kind of stale. We need a, you know, we lost Sammy Blay, so we need to, you know, find more guys. We need more depth guys. We need to go for this right away. I, you know, I kind of like building the assets, taking it one step at a time, taking it slow. But you know, it, it. I understand where the ownership is coming from because they they probably see a league that's there's a lot of parity and they have just as good a shot as anyone. No, yeah, I think that's well said. And again, I think a important part about getting all those points early, I think, is that is that it kept the team in a good position while they were able to kind of diagnose what they have. Right. I mean, at this point, you realize that Philip Heedle is either a not going to ever take that step to be the second line center they want or need, or b just not on their time uh, line or timetable. So most likely, you know, he might be a player that goes in a trade if they do look to um, upgrade at that position, you know, at least this season. Or even if they're happy with Strom, who knows, maybe they do try to bring in a guy like William Carlson from Vegas if if they're looking to shed salary, you know. Um, So... Yeah, I, I again I think it's well it's imp- oh sorry. I, no, say? no, I got well I got a question for you. You know, okay, I, I like you know, obviously this year you Gibby is sure as hell down on the Devils. You know, the Rangers I feel like are in a spot where you know, are they going to continue this trend being a top 3 team in the division? Looking at the division, I'd say there's no reason why they couldn't be that other than the Pittsburgh Penguins never losing again, then then we'll be on the outside looking in being a top three but you know if you're the gm andy and you know gibby you can chime in too you know given what you've watched of the rangers this year you know how do you approach the the this i guess i don't know last three quarters of the nhl season for the new york rangers because i mean i could see myself taking it slow but i also can see myself being like you know what screw it let's bring in a drew it's not going to cost us that much let's go let's go for this thing so I, I don't know. What, what are your thoughts? Like, what would you be doing if you're the GM right now? 
Was that addressed to me or Gibby? It was either either of you. I mean, more more so you since it's a Rangers question. <laughs> you know, I I mean, what I would think about what I would do. Uh, I tend to want to you uh, traditionally. I'm usually err on the side of how do you maximize your asset management, and if that you do that, the rest works itself out. So sometimes it's like, but then again. Uh, so much has been made in the past psychologically of like what message does it send if you're trading away players for like not win now players at the deadline what does that say in your faith in your group you know what I mean sometimes it's like when your players have a good season you kind of need to reward them obviously you don't want that reward to be a mistake or a wart or the wrong move but even if it's like maybe a little premature or hasty yeah it's tough because I mean with where the Rangers are at and how they feel about themselves I think and the the amount of assets the Rangers have right now, I think an upgrade or at least more help, uh, they've kind of, I guess you could say they've kind of earned that in a weird way. What are you um, going to, you're not winning this year. No, no but again. you put on the Rangers this year, you're not winning. No, I know that, but, but neither is 30, 30 other teams in the league are not winning and they're all going to add, even the ones that uh, ultimately maybe do have a better shot. And it's it's not going to work out for them and it's not going to work out for the Rangers this season either, but that doesn't mean it won't work out eventually. It's just... Yeah, but why you, rent a player that you know when you, you're just not going to win? Well, I, mean, I don't know. I feel like... like Here's how I look at it. I understand where Gibby's saying. like like. You're probably not going to win. So let's just calm down. Like we don't, we don't need to go all in on this season and give up assets for a year that we're probably not built to win. But then you look around the league and it's like, what are we going to roll over for Vegas, Calgary, Anaheim, Minnesota, Nashville, no. St. Louis? No. Like screw these teams, Carolina, Washington. We can compete with those teams, well, you know, and I would say this, I would say if you're going to go for a player, obviously it'd be preferable to get someone with term. Right, so they're cost controlled, or that they're not, or if it's well, someone who is even more. But here's the thing: here, if it's someone who's on expiring contract, like kind of much like Dallas has done with Pavelski, they're pretty confident he likes it there. His family likes it there. They'll be able to resign him, even if you look at where they're at, and they're kind of a Jekyll and Hyde team this season, where they they were putrid to start the year, and then they kind of came around a little bit, but they're still, you know, they have G- they. Pretty much the right now, uh, Jamie Ben and um, Sagan, their con- their contracts aren't looking so hot with just the amount of injuries and the 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 mile, road miles on those two. So, uh, yeah, I mean, sometimes it's you have to be strategic about it. You can't just take a you know a guy who's like a little bit longer in the tooth who you think is like going to finally put you like a put you over the top. But you know, you can make all kind of. Sometimes the the best moves are the ones that you don't are the most unassuming. Because usually there's that one team that lands the the premier impact player, and they don't. They're the team. They usually don't end up going very far. But it's like yeah, I feel like it, that's you guys. What do you mean? I don't know. I feel like I don't I, know. I just feel like every time you guys, uh, Panarin aside, because he's been great. Yeah. But like I just feel like for most of my years watching hockey, anytime the Rangers go out and get a big free agent or something or a trade, or, the guy just is, he doesn't do anything. Well, like, yeah, I, and I, but the I'm, thing I'm, is, though, Gib, yeah, but that guy doesn't need to do much this year. Like, it's just an upgrade. From we have plenty of guys that don't do nothing. You know, on the third on the third line. You know, yeah, we're talking about upgrading from Kevin Rooney. Like, you know, we're talking about upgrading, or trading away Philip Hedl and bringing in Giroux. It's like, okay, Giroux comes in and does absolutely nothing. Well, that's great because that's exactly what Philip Hedl was doing. So it's a break even at the worst. Um, but then you're yeah. giving up stuff to break even. Yeah, but again, there it's a lot of it has to do is eventually Gibby all players in the salary cap. They all need to get paid eventually, uh, and and at unfortunate times. And sometimes, like I'd mentioned with Philip Heedle, they're not on the team's timetable. It would be great to like eventually this guy will pan out. But by the time all these players pan out, you know, half like now. Uh, Zabanajad, Kreider, and Panarin are are in their you know closer to their mid thirties, and you know it's just sometimes unfortunately you have these assets and they're not in your timeline, and even if it's an overpayment, you have to in the timetable that you have, you have to especially because right now, listen, whether 
Ranger fans want it or not, there is a little window here. And it, again, I think I think if you're if you are at least a team that has as long as they have Shesterkin, Adam Fox, and Artemi Panarin, you are kind of close to to being it. So, you know, luckily Fox is young enough and would locked up long enough that, you know, if Kako and uh, Lafreniere do end up fulfilling their promises that that maybe you can say they have an extended window where there's two, but right now you're kind of there, whether you like think it they're for real or not, they're kind of in it. So, uh, and again, I mean, this is a New York Rangers team that went to the cup final with arguably only two superstar players in Henrik Lundqvist and Ryan McDonough at the time. And then the rest were a bunch of either, you know, Who cares they, luck- about that? is there anybody still on the team from then? Well, no, I, it's more to prove a point. No, Gibby, it's more to prove a point about roster construction and that like, you know, there's I, we just literally had a conversation about franchises being so tired of rebuilding and this and that and scorched earth. And it's like you have. Listen, you, yeah, you, you can I, say I would do anything to be in the Rangers phase of a rebuild. Yeah, well, so what I'm saying is that when you have when you have shots, even if you're like, well, we're probably not as good as these three teams that are really the good teams, but I would have said that about any team other than the, the Canadians, and they somehow made it to the dance. Well, you know, who yeah. they played all year? That doesn't well, count. Come on, Ant. Well, but, like, but, but, or, look at, or look at the Philadelphia Flyers in 2012. I'm saying that the best like, teams don't... So much luck goes into this, sh- and and like the best teams don't usually make it to the to the conference, you know, to the, the Stanley Cup final. It's not like, yeah, one the team that wins it is usually the best team, but, you know, I don't know. It's just, I think it's, I think going farther in the playoffs speeds up the development of certain players and certain teams far more than this whole, we're going to sit on our hands until we really feel that's, we have the okay, correct mix. That's a fair argument. I that's my, that's, I think that's my argument. Right, is, I, okay, that gives the guys some experience, maybe. All right. Yeah, and I, I'm going to say that I think it's, far, honestly, for this Rangers team, I think it's far more important to have an experience like that juice an extra 10 points out of some of their mid-link players than it is to, like, wait and hopefully they land or a superstar player or this that's, uh you know, ends up being a, you know, a 60 to 70 point guy. Because I feel like that's far less realistic. What? Than like the false confidence sometimes that you get from being like, oh, we were a second round playoff team last year, so you you play like that with that confidence, and you know. Or, but realistically, the Rangers are not going to bring in a superstar player. Like, well, no, I, just just, need, I also don't think a superstar will be available. No, <laughs> well, we we need we need depth players. We need a sixth yeah, they defenseman. Don't, we need like a guy that can play on a third and fourth line. Like, if you brought in like two got real like really solid depth guys that play on the third and fourth line, and then a sixth defenseman. I think I the Rangers... The perfect defenseman for it. <laughs> is, his, is his name uh, Parnell? Is he he's Carl Subban? Is he the... He's great with his feet. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, uh, you know yeah, what? He's I, actually having not a bad year. Like, I, he's just, his contract sucks. Otherwise, he'd be traded immediately, I think. Yeah. I will say this as my cat is, like, destroying my desk. Um, you know, to, to James, to your point, I think where the Rangers are at depth wise is that when they, right now, when they have a promising player, like, uh, or a guy like Dryden Hunt, who comes in with very little expectation and crushes his minutes, they're moving him up. The Rangers need to have players in a position where it's such that he just continues to crush his minutes at a, at a lower on the third or fourth line, instead of being like, Oh, this guy's good. We can plug him into an area that's suffering right now. And that's kind of where the Rangers are at depth wise, that they have some good, some good thing uh, pieces in place, but they obviously still have holes throughout and they're trying to find consistency. So players that do excel, they end up getting moved up. You want it to be that you just have a good third or fourth line period. And then you're now you're not moving your Dryden hunts and your, you know, your Barkley Goodrows up and down all the time to try to like, you know, I, I, I find balance. And, and, and for me, this is what I, I, it would cost you nothing to bring in those third and fourth line guys, keep hunt back down and, you know, bring in more depth guys. And then I would stick Lafreniere on the first line and then Kako on the second line or Kako on the first line, Lafreniere on the second line and just live and die by the, by, by those guys. Hockey fans, DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL has a no brainer offer that'll make you a winner once any shot gets past the goalie. New customers can bet just $1 on any NHL game 
and win $100 in free bets if either team scores. And since the NHL got rid of ties in 2005, you know someone's just going to light the lamp. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, no worries. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Hockey Contests. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now, use promo code THPN, throw down $1 on any NHL game, and win 100 in free bets if either team scores a goal. That's promo code THPN, this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. And if you have a gambling problem, please call 1-800-GAMBLER. So anyway. Yeah, no, but, uh, you know, as I was saying, the, the, the Rangers, you know, you add some of the depth guys, and then you plug in the guys that are supposed to be pluggable in those sp- spots and you either, you know, succeed or fail with those guys. I- I'd rather see Lafreniere. All right. You're going to be on the second line. You're going to be on the first line and Kako, you're going to be on the second and first line. If you don't produce. Yeah. Then that's on you. You guys are the first and second overall picks. We're going to live and die by it because that's kind of how teams rely on the draft and, and kind of build that way. You guys are supposed to be ready to play at this level. You guys show signs that you're able to play at this level. Go do it. Like, you know, we, we can't expect these these guys to go play third and fourth line minutes and develop on our third and fourth line. That's not how we're either going to do it. Either send them to the AHL and let them play 25 minutes a game, or you stick them on the first and second line when we're facing, you know, injuries and, and, and other ailments uh, like COVID and, and let, them, let them ride out the season on those first two lines. Otherwise, it's like, well, what are we doing here? Like, I, I don't know. I just feel like, Looking at the Rangers roster and how it's designed right now, we kind of need those guys to step up. And if we want to succeed, they need to be on the first and second line, and and we're going to succeed that way. And I'd rather add depth to the third and fourth line and upgrade some of those positions. Like you know, I don't care if Rooney Rooney becomes the new McKeg where he's out, and you know we add a guy, you know we add a couple more bodies down there. I, I don't know. It, it just. <sighs> I, I I don't know, and I feel like we're close enough, and I don't want to bend the knee to teams like Carolina and Anaheim and Minnesota. You know, I'm so sick of you know. There's no reason why Pittsburgh deserves to be winning rounds in the playoffs, and we're on the outside looking in. You know, I just feel like we're better than that. Well said, uh, and I think that was to get back to my point about it's that sometimes you know I think. Yeah, it's weird because a lot of, you know, I think you look at a team like St. Louis, how when they won the cup, you know, through, they were putrid through their, you know, their first third of the season. And then they, they kind of turned it around based on what they thought they were. I just think you just don't really know what you have. I think the more time that goes on here, especially with a coach who's good, uh, like Gerard Gallant is, I think you will see minor improvements, even if it's just a structure and not so much players start lighting the, the scoreboard up. Uh, you know, and uh, yeah, I just think this chance hat team is as good a chance as any. All teams have flaws, no matter how, even, you know, just some are more, uh, less perfect than others. You know what I mean? So obviously the Rangers have a nice big eraser in Igor. And at least with the money he's making right now, he's not making crazy Henrik Lundqvist type money where it was kind of inhibiting moves elsewhere. Yeah, I just think they i think this is one of the the last seasons they're going to have a big amount of dead cap cuz it's going to get tight uh, really quickly so i mean if you can use assets and hell even if you have to overpay to have a team uh maybe take some salary back on a player you want like i said maybe they do look at a william carlson they're like this guy can uh play good two-way defense he can play on the wing or he can play sent he can take face off for panarin and strom and then just go to the side or he could play same thing. He could play on a line with Mika and Kreider and, uh, you know, he can take the face offs or whatever and then whatever. But then, you know, it's just especially as hockey is becoming a little bit more untraditionally position positionless where it's more about like F1 and F2 and F3 and all that and just first man in. And it's a little bit more nebulous and like, you know, uh, yeah, I just don't under- see why it should be too much of an issue 
for a team, especially because obviously much has been made about it. Well, Ryan Strom, it looks like they're not going to trade him at this point. And I, you know, a part of me kind of agrees that you, you know, even if this season it's like, well, you know, I think it's like one of those things where trading Ryan Strom, you don't get, you don't get back the the value you, you, you lose. You know what I mean? Just because it's like, and, no and team's going to give you, him. yeah, you need him. A, you need him. B, he's been good for the, the Rangers this year. Um, you know, and I think his defensive, uh, game, you know, his defensive de- deficiencies have been a little overstated, I think. Especially when you play with a guy like Panarin, that just by him being on the ice, you have the puck more than the other team. It just happens. So, yeah, I just think it's one of those things where it works, and it's un- you know obviously everything has a price, and it's, it becomes down to cost and being cost prohibited. And you you know, hey, you have to if he wants more than he's he prices himself out, then yeah, you have to get rid of him. But yeah, I just think at this point, it's like yeah, there. Well, who knows. I, again, I still it's still too early in Chris Drury's tenure to really get a good sense of how shrewd he is. I mean, obviously, a lot of been has been made of the fact that they didn't like the value for the Buchnevich trade or didn't like the timing or, you know, it, it's it's compounded by the fact that Buchnevich is having a great year and uh, that Blay got hurt pretty early. And, you know, but he was never going to be where Buchnevich is now. But at the same time, it's like everything he's done this is has a team in a good spot and you know you is that can does that happen with the same people sometimes it's just to get a different feel in the room makes the biggest difference right and i think we know about chris drury is that he doesn't really concern himself too you know whether it's a little it's a bit of an overpay or underpay or what i don't know whatever i think he just he identifies what he thinks the team needs and he goes out and does it and it's so far it's whether you know you can maybe you can hem and haw over how much the price of cost of doing business but at least it seems to be have worked somewhat so who knows maybe his strength is just being like you know sometimes it's like just some of the more shrewd moves made by gms are the ones that they just kind of said you know what i wanted to get something done and it was a maligned move at the time and then as the dust settles you're like oh it actually kind of worked out for them you know what i mean so we'll see yeah no i i I definitely agree with you i just feel like uh, i don't know i i not not to you know beat a dead horse but um you know i just feel like we're right there like we are right there and and i'm not saying right there as in you know hoisting a stanley cup i'm talking about right there as in being a team that when you you look at the playoffs and you're looking at all the matchups you're like oh man all right rangers versus you know Washington that's going to be a tough one Rangers versus Carolina that's going to be a tough one you know like like that's going to be a battle like it's winnable you can the, the Rangers could come out of this one like like that's what you want them to be yeah as we're uh, by the way um we I may have been a little premature early as on Twitter I just read uh Florida Panthers coach Burnett says he's anticipating almost a full lineup tonight with expected returns of uh, Alexander Barkov Jonathan Huberto Mason Marchmont and Maxine Maxim. So uh, Barkov and Huberdeau will most likely be playing. So yikes. Uh, Easy <laughs> Rangers win. Rangers win tonight. Easy. You think so? Oh, because, yeah. Because they have players coming back. Yep. I yep. hope so. I, you know, Florida is mean, going to be relaxed. They're going to be joking around in the locker room. The boys are back. We're back together. And then the, all of a sudden, the surge of the New York Rangers are just going to be too overwhelming. Ugh, let's let's well let's hope so because again um i don't know i was right about cleansing week and you were i and i'm feeling good about the boys tonight okay i i i i i wish i felt as as good about it as you did but um yeah i don't know i think i it's kind of hard because like the rangers were definitely s- slated to get some easy not easy but some very winnable games here but then obviously having uh matchups against Detroit and Montreal taken off and just now you're seeing like two two of the best teams in the league for the next three games you're like oh man like <laughs> yeah to get I, off to that's a bad start here you know to you, how you how are you going to set the tone but again the Rangers get Igor back and he has been their most important player their best player this year you hope that he is you know it doesn't take him long to get in a groove because um, he hasn't played hockey in a, in a while the Rangers haven't played 10 days he hasn't played in you know much longer than that but uh, who knows? Maybe he he just picks up right where he left off, and they're good to go. So, how do you uh, do? You think we see Jones? No, probably not. Although they did bring him up, so who knows? Maybe if someone goes down, maybe uh, as it stands now. What about Gettinger? I think you're more likely to see him. He, you know, he's definitely with the way he's played in Hartford. He's earned himself a call. He also plays in a less 
a less volatile position. Um, you can play, you know, he, him on the fourth line is not as uh, much of a boon to this team or an anchor, you know, as maybe putting Jones in a, especially if you you put Jones with Nemeth. Although I, Jones would probably be an upgrade on, on Lundqvist at this point. I just think where he is at his development and his confidence with the puck on his stick. He's a much better puck mover. Not that Lundqvist is bad, but he's a, he's clearly a better one. So who knows? It could maybe be a slight upgrade. I, I didn't, Jones didn't look too out of place in the dying moments of the, the season last year. So we'll see. Who knows? Maybe he all it takes is he just gets his one. The window is open just a bit and he forces the team's hand. But we'll see. You know, it's, it'll be interesting to see. He's he's obviously start crushing his minutes now um, in the AHL. You know, maybe he's not. I'm not saying he's like be a world beater down there where he's clearly too good for it. But he's doing well with his minutes and he's producing and he he clearly has. He's like a, you know, a mini Adam Fox uh, or Tory Krug or whatever you want to say in terms of his, you know, his smarts with the puck on his stick and his ability to move it and, and see players. So I would like to see him. Um, obviously, much was made of them. Schneider not getting the call up over Matthew Robertson. But at the same time, um, you know, I believe Schneider maybe have entered proto- uh, COVID protocol. So that's why they couldn't call him up. But uh, I think Robertson getting the call up is kind of interesting. Uh, apart. And I, I do wonder if you're on the taxi squad, does that mean you're not allowed to? It's not like he can on a day game by game basis play for the AHL. Like if you're on the taxi squad, are you ineligible for AHL play? Because they, well, they you have your taxi squad, but they also recalled officially only Jones and Gettinger. So even though Barron's on the taxi squad, um, you know, a few other players. So it's just, yeah, I'm, I'm curious how that that rule works out. Like if you're on the taxi squad, but you haven't officially been recalled. Does that mean you can still play uh, games for Hartford? So, I would imagine you could, because what are the? I mean, what's the point then? You know, you're, like you're bringing in up, up these, you know, I don't know. What do you get? Six guys on the taxi squad, or yeah, six about six guys on a taxi squad, and you're just telling them that they they're all just gonna practice. Like, no, these guys need you know game exposure. You want them to be game ready. I would imagine um, that you know you might maybe keep you know, three of them travel with you on a big road trip or something, just in case, you know, COVID hits, there's outbreak there, or, you know, you keep them at home and you just fly them out if need be. So I I don't know. I just feel like, um, you know, if the Rangers are going to call some of these guys up, you might as well play them. I know our schedule is not very easy. It's kind of a gauntlet for the next couple of weeks here, you know, against the Panther, the lightning, we have uh, uh, two against lightning. We have Edmonton, uh, Vegas again, uh, Anaheim, you know, it's tough. So, you know, it's, you gotta be cautious adding some of these younger guys, but at the same time, it's like, you have them here, you have Jones here, you have Gettinger here, you know, let's see what they got. You know, I'd rather take a, a risk with Gettinger than see, you know, McKeg, even though McKeg does fulfill that kind of swing guy role. You can play center wing, you know, kind of plug them in wherever. So, um, but I do want to see some of these younger guys get a get a crack at you know uh, playing, especially against the, the best competition in the NHL. Yeah, you know, uh, again, I I usually look at uh, the holiday season as kind of like a big. It's kind of like the the quarter pole, I guess you would say on the season, right? You because you teams either limp into it and like the Rangers kind of did, or you know they kind of start strong and then they. Like you, you saw some of the scores last night um, and how high offense it was and little defense. Um, yeah, I just, for whatever reason, I, I feel like, yeah, I don't know. I feel like every team kind of is getting a, a bit of a clean slate here and that can be for, for good or for bad. I think sometimes, uh, yeah, I don't know. I just, for some reason, at least as it relates to this New York Rangers team, I feel like, yeah, I have this weird feeling that they're that they're not going to miss too much of a beat. I think they're they're might just kind of going to be. I think they're the strength of their game this season has been their there's been pretty consistent game to game, and it's either been slightly not good enough or just slightly enough. You know what I mean? With very little Jekyll and Hyde swings, maybe you can outside of uh, getting waxed by uh, the Flames and and Ed, or at least the blowing lead to Edmonton. But yeah, for the most part, I just feel like they're very much taking everything day by day so yeah i just i have i have a feeling that for 
and I know this is not really answering your question too well, but it's just like, I don't know. I'm just, as we're talking, I'm getting this kind of prophetic feeling that I just think the Rangers are, I think what their superpower is, is kind of that not too high, not too low thing where it's like they're a team. I think most of the season, they, they're not going to look like world beaters or, uh, you know, bottom of the barrel. I think they're just going to kind of chum along and, you know, lose some disappointing ones here, but also win some surprising ones here. And that's just kind of going to kind of be how they, they, they make their living day to day. You know what I mean? So. Yeah, no, I, I, I couldn't agree more with you. And, and that I feel like it's healthier than, you know, going, you know, eight and two, and then the next 10 games going two and eight. I, I just feel like the Rangers need to be steady. They need to be balanced. They just, you know, not the roller coaster season. Um, it can feel like that as a fan, but, you know, as, as a, a player that's, you know, going through the ups and downs of in, in the season, in the locker room, the injury, nagging injuries, uh, you know, COVID protocols and everything like that, you know, uh, postponed games, being ready to start, not being able to start. And then, you know, you throw mix in injuries like the Igor one and you look and the Rangers have been pretty even keeled. And that's exactly what you want out of a team like this, especially a younger team that you know, may not be able to handle those ups and downs uh, as well as a, a team full of veterans like the Tampa Bay Lightning. Um, you know, again, you know, the only thing I worry about overall is the Rangers kind of fizzling out, like kind of getting burnt out, kind of, you know, uh, you know not, not having the energy to play, you know, four games in, in seven days uh, just because the schedule is crammed and weird. You know, that's what I worry about. And, you know, I look at some of the younger guys on this team and the Heatles and and Kako and Lafreniere, and I'm like, you guys, and I can't stress this enough, they have to step up. There has to be secondary scoring. You can't be, you know, the Panarin show or the the Mika show. Mika even needs to step up a little bit, but he has in the last couple of games without uh, Panarin with his injury. You know, it cannot be you know, the Fox show, it can't be the Igor show. It needs to be a team game. It needs to be a team win and you need everybody contributing. And it doesn't mean, you know, third line needs to score, you know, two goals every single night, but you know, on a night where your top two lines are struggling and maybe they only get a power play goal, you could win the game three, one with an empty netter. If you score that, you know, that second goal to put, put you over the top, you know, it energizes the bench, you know, if a Filipino scores and People go nuts and he can throw a monkey off his back or something, you know, to get the boys, you know, you know, excited on the bench like that stuff needs to happen. And I worry that it might not happen. But as of right now with the Rangers and how they're coached and how they're playing, there's no reason for me to say, well, it's inevitable. They're going to they're going to suck the rest of the way because, you know, it's just the, the grind of the season is too much and we just don't have the personnel to do it. So. Um, that's how I kind of feel going into this act two, so to speak, of this uh, Broadway show. And, uh, you know, that, and that's pretty much really all I have. I'm very interested to see how the Rangers start the game tonight in the first period. So, you know, Andy, I got nothing unless you got something for me to kind of finish up here. Um, I'd love to hear your thoughts on what you expect from the Rangers tonight. Yeah, no, I, I thought you summed it up pretty nicely. And also, I props for that uh, Broadway reference. I don't want to let that go unnoticed. I, I appreciated <laughs> it. Uh, and yeah, I think like uh, like I had mentioned and like you had said, it, how they start tonight, especially on the road. Um, yeah, I don't. it's kind of hard to know what they're going to get uh, or how they're feeling or how they're viewing this. Or uh, hell, I don't even really know what the lineup's going to look like. And Gallant plays things kind of close to the vest, so we'll see. Uh, probably i'm sure we'll find out around like 5 p.m or something what what their their lineup looks like but um yeah again i think the coaching style of gerard gallant is it doesn't to him it doesn't really matter who he's got you know i think he's famous for being a coach who is like he if he had it his way he could just have everyone play with everyone and not give a a, a crap you know what i mean or about because obviously coaches need to they need to work off chemistry and this and that. But I think I've, he's shown more of a willingness than most coaches to be like, well, whatever. I like how my fourth line's playing. So I'm just going to put him out now, or I'm going to put, move this guy to play with my first liner. Cause I think he has jump where, you know, I don't know. It's uh, he's more of a total hockey type coach and he trusts his team. And I think there's mutual trust there. So I think it's why it kind of works for him in that he's like players get rewarded in good faith sometimes. And then they kind of step up, even if they don't end up scoring, they don't look bad or out of place or end up, playing poorly so 
yeah, I just think that's kind of like I had mentioned, each team kind of has a superpower and, you know, you can obviously, yes, it's easy to say that the Rangers are superpowers having like game breakers like Fox Panarin and Igor. But I would say, honestly, I think their superpowers is what I just mentioned. And the fact that they kind of each game is never too high, never too low for them. And for the most part, they've, yeah, they've been pretty consistent. Like every team's, you know, we make a lot about like playing a full 60, but, uh, if we're being honest with ourselves, does any team in the National Hockey League play a full 60 minutes? I don't think so. I think they play 40 to 45 minutes, and then whatever they do in those 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 uncontested 15 minutes or how they weather the storm kind of depends on, it kind of dictates how, uh, whether they win or lose. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how, like you would so eloquently put dangers, dangers, the Rangers enter Act 2 of uh, their season. And, yeah, I mean, kind of the slate is clean but they're in such a good spot so you just hope that they're able to build upon what they have and not uh maybe start squandering or have a poor second half but um yeah i guess uh we gibby had mentioned the uh, 76 or so we'll just say this trust the process right thank you for listening to the broadway boys podcast be sure to follow us on twitter at broadway boys pod and please rate review and subscribe on apple Podcasts, spotify soundcloud or the hockey podcast network.com you're listening to the hockey podcast network on twitter at hockey Podnet. new episodes every monday and thursday download at the hockey podcast or wherever you get your podcasts from <laughs>